that makes this ep- <coughs> episode eleven of Hidden Heights. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> yeah, what? Nice. I feel so bad. <laughs> bad, like physically ill. I guess. Bad like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, Ow. hell yeah. <laughs> we have two sponsors now. Do you have little round things that you keep in a sack? Well, that means you play D&D, bitch. We're not doing a good job promoting this. Great Out Dice Bags are awesome dice bags that keep your dice so comfy and healthy. Jingle it around so we can hear your dice in it. Oh, hold on. I got to put Oh, my there. God. Okay, this is the sound of a Great Out Dice Bag. And this Very is the nice. sound of my balls. <laughs> Was it then? You don't know the difference. Balls. It's also where Caleb keeps his dice. I don't know what we're promoting. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we kind of lost it. So, episode 11 of the Hit Dice Podcast, which we are currently about to start and play in, is brought to you by Tabletop Loot. You like dice? Of course you like dice. You're listening to a D&D podcast. Don't Hell be stupid. Yeah. You want more dice yeah. that are better than the dice that you currently have? Yeah. Well, just go on over to the Tabletop Loot website. <laughs> pick up as many fucking dice as you want. Is there the code. a code we can use? Yeah. Hang on. Please don't talk over the DM. Oh. <laughs> the code, Nina, is hit dice pod, all one word, lowercase. You'll get 15% off. Also, if your dice are cold, need somewhere to keep them, lose them, Fucking just like being organized? Yeah. Go to Great Out Dice. Or Great Out Regular bags. But they are dice bags. <laughs> but like also, you can get a cool one like we have that is pre-made, or you can even custom order. You can get a picture of a map. You get a picture of a dragon. You can get a picture of your dog, your grandma, fucking whatever on Kitty your dice cats bag. Cats and coffee cups. Kitty cats and coffee cups. Whatever on yeah. your dice bag. Hey, you literally can. And we're going to cover 10% of the cost. <laughs> if you have that picture, yes, you can. Enter Thank the you. same code. I know Caleb has that picture. It's none of his grandma. <laughs> Enter the code, hit dice pod, same code, all lowercase, all one word, 10% off. That's 25% off if you add it all together. Two separate You're things. welcome. It's still, that's not how math works. It's still 10%. <laughs> and it's all grandma. Aren't you guys glad you listened to Hit Dicks podcast? I mean, Hit Dice podcast. I know I am, Caleb. I am your host and your dungeon master. My name is Wes Cordell. And with me playing my homebrew Dungeons and Dragons campaign is Jonathan Ganon. Hello. Um, I'm playing Arl Garwin, the divination wizard gnome. Um, he is short, stout. Uh, has long white hair that keeps up in a bun, a uh, short, trimmed, neat beard, and he is a professor at Finga Spark Spring, um, and he has no students, so he travels around. Perfect. Rachel Watkins! Hello. I am playing Callista Astorio, the tiefling bard. Um, she has pearl white skin, blue hair and horns, blue dragon scaled bikini top on occasion. <laughs> um, <laughs> grew up feeling a little entitled in a very sheltered village where tieflings were oddly revered and discovered the real world. Uh, things are different out here. She's all right with it. She's still very confident and a little bit entitled. Super pissed off at Lander for stealing, like plagiarizing her work and not giving her any credit for it. Piece yeah. of shit. For real. Um, just wants to make a good story and get lots of credit for it. Hell yeah. Well on her way. Thanks. You like that bikini top? Get it on a fucking dice bag over a grayed out <laughs> dice bag. <laughs> Am I going to have to make that cosplay now for the dice bag? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to need bigger boobs. <sighs> Me too. Nina Larson. I'm afraid to talk now. I don't want to talk over you. Is it? Can I talk now? <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. I'm Nina Larson, and I'm playing Adelaide the half elf warlock. She is very pale and very skinny. She is very bony, and you can see scars all over her body. She has long black hair and piercing green eyes. 
and she has bits of her body missing. She's missing a finger, which is replaced with an amethyst finger, which is her arcane focus, and she's missing half of her ear. And there's, you know, scars and various points of healing from different different issues in her life. And Jesus Christ. She was a student at Thingus so Sparks. So you know you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a student at Thingus Sparks Spring. But <laughs> I keep saying Spark Springs, and Jonathan keeps getting <laughs> It's like me. a spa. There's no school. <laughs> you guys are just trying to clean the pubes out of the shower, so you guys have been on an adventure. <laughs> but yeah, so he invited her on this adventure because she really wanted to get out and see more of the world and f- figure out her power that was bubbling within her. Oh, so far so good. A lot's happened. Alan Clark. I'm playing Patches, the half-elf rogue who is bald, but you can't really see that very much because he wears black leather um, with a black hood over it. Um, when he was young, his human, the human side of his family kind of kicked him out because they hate elves, and so he was taken in at this uh, school of clerics, the Academy of Sunlight, but hated it, and um, when he broke out of there, he sort of went into the world um, to steal shit and be a dick and Life um, so far so good. Yeah. And <laughs> success. He hates clerics. Who doesn't? I mean, they're generous. They heal people. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Last, but certainly least, Caleb Hanks. <laughs> I'm Caleb Hanks. I play the guy Fieri on a buffalo, taking oh, no. the buffalo bullet train straight into Flavor Town. My character is a human ranger, and he looks just like Robert Redford from Jeremiah Johnson, and that meme that's all over the internet, if you were just wondering. He lives in the woods and sometimes parties with the desert creatures, and otherwise, he's just hanging out on this crazy, wacky band of plucky adventurers and trying not to die. I remember there was a dragon, and there was a guy named Goncalo, and there were some people on the dock, and then we got lifted up by a giant. I'm not allowed to do recaps. Yeah, there's a reason that you don't get to do recaps. You did it. I took pretty good notes, but the last note is just Goncalo's Goncalo's name, but I wrote Goncarlo. And then nothing else after that, so I don't know. Boom. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so what actually happened was you guys got up and out of that strange dungeon uh, that was underneath the ocean. For some reason, the black plume stopped rising over it. While you guys were on the ship on the way back, Inatuzasis came down and he was kind of coaxing you all and taunting you all mm-hmm. and telling you that he was going to basically enslave you and he was going to hurt you and take all this over. And through the conversation, you all realized that he was like screaming it out over the water instead of directing it toward you. And after some time and trying to tip the boat and you all kind of fighting to keep the boat upright, a golden dragon showed up. Its name was Zisarth and it took up for all of you. It took up for most of humanity. It was basically saying, the, you, you guys heard a brief conversation between the dragons. Yenitazasis was saying something like, Everything belonged to them and it was time to reclaim it. And Zisarth was saying that they lost it in the first place because of their own accord. What they were talking about was unclear, but he basically, Yenitazasis unleashed his breath weapon on the boat and Arwol thinking on his feet pretty quickly used the squirrel that Lupe gave you all to shield you. And when that went away, Zisarth was in the maw of Yenitazasis when that poison kind of cleared the ship and he dove down into the sea with him and the ship was kind of falling apart 
as this shield kind of dissipated and all of this stuff was going away. And as you guys got into town, it seems like everyone was able to see or at least hear what was happening because there was a large crowd waiting on you when you got back. There was a bunch of guards at Port 11 keeping the people away from it as you all came in. And there was a man standing there. He kind of just ushered you all into it. He gives Patches a sly little wink as you guys are walking by. He tells you that all of these people are... Uh, I mean, more or less panicked, and that the Council of Lords is mortified and needs your report, like, now. Like, they need to know what's going on. And so he has ushered you to the Council of Lords. On your way up, Patch has pushed the same cleric that he broke the leg of with his ball bearings off of a slight hill. (laughs) You guys got up to the Council of Lords, and as you guys got up to the Council of Lords, you come into that same room after you walk past the circle of clerics and the circle of merchants and the mayor of the town and all of these parts of this castle, you come to the Council of Lords. It's this grand hall with enormous windows. Each of the panes in the window seems to be an individual window itself that can open. And all of these windows are open and the cool air is coming off the Earth Spur Mountains on this hot summer day to just kind of cool this hall. You see the same four men that were on the council and I'm gonna remind you of who they are really quickly. There was Eustable Tarthy, a handsome man with elaborate clothing. He wears bright reds and rich purples. He has a big smile on his face all the time. He was very friendly to you all the last time you were there. There was Subrask Swylife, a small, lithe man with blonde hair. He constantly wears a half-cocked smile and has alarmingly bushy eyebrows. They're just like huge over top of his eyes. And he was very soft-spoken and he was very quiet. And when you all walked in, he was actually the second to talk to you. And he said, perhaps friends, we can do business this day very quietly to all of you. And he seemed to kind of whisper and take his time with everything that was said. There was Tomalas Blountree. Curly head of hair sits atop a very thin man. His robes alone make him look very important. He has gaunt features and his face appears very serious. He was the most thoughtful and quiet of all of the lords on the council. And uh, he only, he, he was rhythmically tapping his fingers back and forth and Callista and Arwell both made a comment about it. And when you did make a comment about it, Calden, the last of the Council of Lords, laughed really loudly at you. He looks more like a down-on-his-luck veteran than a mercenary that has power among merchants and nobility. His hair is an unruly thicket of gray and white. He has a large red nose with a big wart on it. His joints all seem knotted, and he always seems uncomfortable, like his joints are constantly healing from breaks that he seems to have. But as you come in, there are three other people besides you all and Goncarlo sitting around one familiar face among them, and it's Isaacs. Isaacs looks out to all of you, and Gumble kind of peeks his head around Isaac's shoulder, and you can hear him chirp and purr, and his shoulders are kind of playfully going back and forth. Uh, being a simple creature, uh, just a small red pseudo-dragon, it doesn't seem like the seriousness of the situation has kind of settled on the Gumble, and you can just see his tail kind of playfully coming around the side of Isaac's head, um, and he's just chirping and purring it. all of you guys, and Isaacs just looks at you, and as you all walk in, he just says, friends, we have much to discuss, please. And he, as, as he sits down, Calden, the man with the wart on his nose, shouts out to the guard and he just says, yes, uh, that will be all men. Uh, we need privacy in this room. Now, make sure no one enters, make sure no one leaves. And uh, two of the guards that were with you guys, you guys kind of came up with a troop of guards, really like six of them plus Goncarlo. I guess we'll call him that now. <laughs> and um, four of them remained at the gate. Two of them are at the door now. They leave and they walk, and both of them, they go, yes, my lord, and really quickly walk out and shut the door behind them. And as they do, all four people on the Council of Lords stand up, 
really quietly, Subrask, uh, his blonde hair kind of bounces. You can see like just how petite he is as he stands up. As he stands, you can see just how petite Subrask really is. He's a very small man, very skinny. And as he stands up, he just says, representatives, follow me. And as he does, he turns to one of the windows and he grabs a pane. It seems to be the only pane on the window that isn't open. And he pushes it to the side and he reaches around it. And as he does, as you walk up to the Council of Lords, there are two mountain peaks with two enormous ravens sitting on them. And as he pushes a button or pulls a lever or something on the other side of this window, you just hear click. One of those statues just begins to scrape across the floor really slowly and you can see some stairs that appear underneath it. All four on the council. Last time I followed somebody through the door in this place, we got like beat up. <laughs> no one beat you up, but well, you, did, we you did have to do some work. Emotionally. So the, the council of lords all, they, they very seriously stand up and they just begin to walk down it. This, you see the, the two others besides Goncalo and Isaacs. One is a human male, bald man with a simple, with simple brown clothing. He seems to be constantly lost in thought, even as you guys are coming in and the Council of Lords is speaking to you, and he keeps his hands together in a disciplined clasp in front of his body. He's a large man who looks like he lives very comfortably, but his hands nevertheless are clasped in front of him and he just seems lost in thought. You can see his eyes kind of moving back and forth as he's probably imagining whatever he's thinking about. And then you see uh, a female human. She has bright green eyes that pierce through an ornate hood that she has pulled over her face. She wears a sari with bright blues and purples all over it, embroidered really brightly. And it sits over her clothing that just looks like it's black from head to toe. Her eyes look at all of you very attentively, very curiously, and you can see that green just like shining from out from under this hood. She just turns to you all and she says, my friends, we should follow. And as she does, she turns and everyone kind of just walks, starts to descend these stairs. What are the names of those last two? We don't know yet. You don't know yet. As this is happening, Adelaide, Gumble flies from Isaac's shoulder and he perches onto yours and he just kind of like rubs his little head up against your cheek. And as he does, you notice that he has a little acorn in his hand. Um, oh. And as he's sitting here, he like he like holds the he like holds the acorn out toward you, and he like purrs and chirps as it's like held out in front of his little body. Oh, I take it from him. There are there are all like it looks like something has like scratched this acorn all the way around it. There's all these little scratches just like covering it completely. The shell isn't cracked, and the cap is still on it. And you're just holding this little tiny acorn in your hand, but there's scratches like all the way around this thing. Can I ask him? Do you, like, can I make the intention? Do you want me to open this to him? Uh, and, and as he's like sitting on your shoulder, you, uh, you just hear him purr and chirp and then you feel this understanding. Mm. You, feel like, you feel like you understand something or like you want to understand something. Okay. Like this desire, this curiosity. You feel this curiosity as he's like purring and chirping and handing you this acorn. Can I break open the acorn? You can try. With a, what, a string? Yeah. Would you, you like me to ask you what it's hand. all about? Because I could probably talk to the little guy. Oh, yeah. Or here, I'm gonna ask, hey guy, I know you're good at nature stuff. Is this just a regular acorn? Do you know how to open these easily? Do pseudo dragons speak Draconic? No, they don't they they, they, they can only communicate with emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. Other than that, they just like churn chirp. They chirp and purr they like chirp. just another animal. Even if I did I think speak they understand, with them. No, you speak. can speak with him. Oh, you totally. can't speak with animals. You would just I do it with your emotions. I'm going to cast speak with animals. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speak with the little bro. Cool. So you guys see 
guy, he he makes these really interesting symbols in the air, just with three fingers, his pinky and ring fingers down. And as he does, he puts them all together, and then he makes like a circle around himself and touches his own throat. And as you do, you have cast Speak With Animals. Hello, dear little brother. <laughs> um, and he, he speaks... This is the first time you've ever cast this, so it's not like a human conversation. He speaks very simply mm-hmm. to you with what little bit he can, and he just speaks back to you, and all he says through these, like, purrs and these chirps, you can just hear him say, read, read. The, ac- the acorn? And, and you, you just, like, feel, like, agreement. Do you mind if I inspect your acorn, Holio? Yeah, did he say something to you? Uh, he wants you to read it. Okay. Or somebody to um, read it. Can I, so... Can I look for letters on there? I say to Gumble. Oh, holy shit. Wait, hold on. I got really bad at that. Did you read it? Like an angle? The Boy Scout motto. It says, be prepared sap. It's just made of all these little strange scratches. It's not Uh like written into it. Like the whole thing is scratched up, but it seems like there's some kind of attempt at writing on this acorn. What should we be prepared for, little bro? And, you know, very simply, Gumble just says to you, I did not make. Oh, where'd you get it? A friend. Who's your friend? It's, you would know that that's a pretty complicated Probably. question to yeah. ask. <laughs> I don't, don't want to drill him. He's like, well, all I got was be prepared, so I'm going to cast Fiendish Vigor and put that false life on myself just Can we case. just roll perception and see if we can read it? Would that be perception or investigation? Uh, I think investigation would probably be best for this. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to roll to see if Adelaide's eyesight is better than my own. It's a nat 20, so No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it says, so it is. So there's all these scratches, and you guys are all tr- struggling with it. And She eats her carrots, man. Yeah. And um, Callista reaches to take it. As she does, like, right before it leaves, it's like one of those things where the answer comes to you when you're not thinking about it. As it's leaving your hand, you realize it says, be prepared, she comes. Oh. Cryptic oh, baby dragons. What's your lady? You all feel this sense of, like, knowing and understanding and happiness as uh, Gumble's just kind of chirping and purring, and Gumble looks to you and perches up on Adelaide's shoulder and holds his little hands out, and he's like, reward? I give him a little, some sort of little ration. He just takes it, and, like, he doesn't eat it right away. He just kind of holds it in one. I wanted to give him a little shiny glass bead as a... Okay, so he's got, like, a little piece of cheese, or, like, crab meat. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a little piece of whiskey Whiskey crab crab. and a little (laughs) bead in his hands, and he kind of tucks them really closely and, like, rubs his head on you one more time and just flies down the stairwell toward Isaac's where everybody else has kind of gone. I bet dragons like whiskey crab. Everybody likes Who doesn't like whiskey crab, too? Oh, we follow down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I assumed you guys had stopped since you were casting spells and stuff. Yeah. You guys get down here, and it seems like everybody's kind of been waiting. (laughs) They're all, like, looking around, and it seems like someone has started to, like, walk back up the stairs, but you guys all come down here, and it is lit with torches, and it's not, like, an official meeting room or anything. It just seems to be a really wide hallway lit every so often with a torch. All of these people are standing here, and as you all come down, that statue just begins to slide back over top of these stairs, and it shuts over you. And Eustable... saying, make sure no one enters, make sure no one leaves. No, and Eustable just says, now friends, I guarantee you, no one knows at this place. No one comes in, no one goes out, and there's a way up that's easy enough. We just need to make sure that we have total privacy talking about matters like these. Whole town's a mess, in panics, people leaving. Almost all the performers have been able to leave just since we've heard the dragon's voice. Midsummer Festival, it's ruined. It's over half of the, it's over half of the gains that we make in the town, not just economically, but, uh, Needless to say, it's a disaster, especially when powers among merchants are leading the city. So tell us, friends, what did you see? Two big goddamn scary dragons! 
Yeah, we all saw that. So there's a green <laughs> dragon and a golden <laughs> dragon. The green dragon was very angry. Should we start from the beginning? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Tell him about how when the skunk got smashed. That's yeah, we're doing it Nina style. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Colden, Colden speaks up. That little gruff man, all his joints looking weird and that wart on his nose, and he's a little fat man, and he, he just says, Friends, take your time. We need to make sure we have the details. We have it in order. This is important, you understand? Yeah. Um, so we got on the ship and sailed out. We took eye protection for the light that we had heard was out there. We had their potions of water breathing and things like that to help us get through whatever we were going to find. We found basically a hole in the ocean um, where the water just <laughs> seems to hit its own round horizon out in the middle, dry on the bottom. Yeah, it definitely peaks all eight other people in this room's interest. You see them all it. lean forward. Like, some of them go to speak, uh-huh. but they, like, hold their tongues. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it, but we made it to the bottom of that hole where it was basically dry. You see them the all almost say something again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we just got in a hole in the ocean. That's yeah. what we do. Also, to Isaac's, thank Mallory. Uh, we definitely needed those fire protection potions. Yes. <laughs> those time Young. protections. <laughs> Young Mallory needs... No more praise than she gives herself, but (laughs) I'm certainly glad to hear it was of use. It it was incredibly useful. At the bottom, we found um, basically a hatch door leading down under the ocean floor in a way, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, which we naturally proceeded through. (laughs) Climbed a ladder down inside that into a corridor. Um, There were traps and an entire compound of various rooms and chambers that we explored on our way through. Um, With some kobolds guarding uh, it. Kobolds guarding it Mm -hmm. that had been brought there, I think somewhat against their will, but we're staying to serve this dragon. The woman speaks up and interrupts you as you say this. Pardon me. Yes. Uh, My name is Grace. Grace Heartseeker. Grace, that's my stage name. (laughs) (laughs) And you see her kind of like squint at you a little bit (laughs) as you say that. Uh, She just kind of like looks your body up and down and then clears your throat. throat) Your compliment is well received. Do you speak with the kobolds? How long have they been down there? Her, her green eyes are just kind of like there? piercing through you, and they're just like looking really intently at you from under this cowl she's wearing. It seemed like mm-hmm. it had been a while. There were three. They Only three. They really young. Only three that we encountered. She reaches into a satchel at her side, and she pulls out a piece of parchment, just begins mm-hmm. writing, and she says, So sorry to interrupt. Please go on. That's all right. One of them did not make it, who actually accompanied us through to where we discovered the green dragon's lair underwater. Um... That we encountered several interesting chambers and puzzles, but I think the one that'll be of the most interest to you was where we found um, this stone. And I pull out the smoky. And you see, you see, Isaac's clench his staff, and he just leans toward that. His many colorful robes kind of they did just kind of blow in the wind as he reach, He leans over quickly, but then you see him quickly regain his composure. Mm-hmm. But as he like goes to reach for this thing, and he just pulls his hand back, and he very interesting. Very interesting. I believe uh, what I? we yes, of course. I and believe what the dragon that. told us as on the ship on the way out that that's what was actually causing the column of smoke that we were seeing. Uh, oh, oh, and and he holds it, and you can tell he's about to like maybe cast something on it, and then he pulls his hand back, and he he just hands it over to this woman who was just talking to you with those piercing green eyes, and she holds it really protectively and puts that piece of paper back in her pocket. And Isaac looks out to you all and says, "In what?" Describe in great detail, if you can. Um, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I remember, were there five mm-hmm, dragon mm-hmm. faces, basically, yeah. with it's open like mouths? like an altar with mm-hmm. a bunch of dragon and heads across the it. room, an altar um, with channels running from each dragon head. Um, this was mounted in one of them. This was mounted in, like, the pedestal that... This was, oh, this was the pedestal mm-hmm. running up to it. That's yeah. correct. There was another stone? 
Wasn't um, it all The dragon back? came back too. in with a stone. And when he put it in place, it. the channel filled with something from the altar to... Yes. And was there any significance to the one he placed it in and the stone he had? I'm pretty sure it was the head of the green dragon in which we encountered in the same room. And the stone he held. It, was it like this? And well, he doesn't have it. He points to Grace and yeah. she holds it toward you. Yeah. It was similar, but a different color. Do you remember the color? Can I roll for roll memory? memory. <laughs> roll for memory. Roll for memory. Roll to recall. Just roll history. History? Yeah, I'll let you do history checks. Let's see if Adelaide's memory is better than mine. This I'll just take like, the highest roll in the group. Everybody should okay. roll for this. That's you were all there. 12. There's all my dice, everybody. 11. I got an 11. I know that 16. you saw that it was all nice. chromatic dragons. Yeah. Uh, who got the highest? Was it 16? I think so. Mm-hmm. You would only remember that it was white. It was a stark contrast to the one that you guys yeah. brought back. Um, and then we do relay But that he it brought dramatic. it in from outside. Um, he, we did possibly confuse him by throwing off a ball bearing, else. saying it was the <laughs> smoky orb over the side <laughs> of the ship. And The dragon's name was Yonatizasis. You see them. You see them all like look at you, and they look to one another, and a few of them kind of shrug their shoulders. Um, He's gonna be really like, pissed off. You don't know right. his name. But it's well. It's also <laughs> you guys would know this, especially. I mean, you've, I'm pretty sure you've rolled two net twenties on dragons. Yeah. You would know that dragons are known in the regions that they're in. It's not like a, a passing thing. They don't hide. They want people to know they're there. Like every dragon, <laughs> and um, and so it, it, like all of them are kind of looking to each other like. And it seems like none of them know this. Do you know one named Zisarth? Tomalas speaks up out from everyone. He has that curly head of hair, those thick black eyebrows. He's always kind of touching his fingers together. And the whole time that you all are talking, he's just leaned in very seriously. And he speaks out and he's like, Zisarth, why was he there? I think that the Yanatizasus was actually trying to draw Zisarth out. Zisarth arrived in essence, to defend us from Yonatazasus, um, spoke on behalf of all of the land races, I guess, non-dragon races of the world, um, and was, last we saw, dragged into the ocean by Yonatazasus. You can, you can like, see him wince just a bit as you say that, but he, he speaks out nonetheless and says, uh, as he regains his composure, those, those big, bushy black eyebrows kind of give away his every emotion, even if there's just a little bit of it, which there doesn't seem to be too much of. But he just speaks out very calmly and says, friends, I understand that this is a traumatic experience for all of you. You've proven yourself as representatives and we are grateful to you, but you must understand the severity of this situation. You cannot leave out a single detail. If there's anything else, you must tell us. We. we... <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Hey, you guys are stumbling on And he pulls a Coca-Cola out from his robe and hands it to one to Adelaide and one to Patches. <laughs> <laughs> um, we befriended a storm giant. Sort of, I guess we. Oh. They, they all seem like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how we got back out of the hole. Um, apparently, back and talk to giants. Um, so. What up? Uh, I think um, an important thing to know is a while back when we first got started, we had run into another chromatic dragon that was blue named Agdavoska Cast. Mm-hmm. Very small wormling, but he had mentioned the tearfall and currying favor, and it seems like 
whatever you know Jesus was involved in was probably the same sort of thing. I think what's also very important to bring up is the fact that we only maybe kind of fooled him that we threw the stone back in the ocean. <laughs> so chances are he might be coming after us anytime and anywhere. That needs to be somewhere safe because he could probably track it. And Goncalo just like, you can hear all of his armor like <laughs> as he stands up really straightly. Oh, my friends. We have nothing to worry about. Not with Goncarlo here. And he hits his breastplate like really heavily and gives out this hearty laugh. And this whole time, while everybody else is kind of grim and serious face, he's just like held that smile this entire time. His chest is just kind of out. He stands behind you while the others stand on the other side of the room as an audience. All seven of them, Goncarlo kind of sits at you all's side. Um, and he's just like kind of ushering the story and smiling and nodding as you guys are talking about it. And he just speaks out really bravely. And he just says, uh, this city is under my watch. I am the champion of this city. No one will cross its borders without going through me. And I can guarantee you, friends, that will be no easy task. I'm glad that you're very confident, but he did eat one of our friends whole in one bite. So you, like, maybe that's something to know. If the information that I received is correct, only five of you went out. Right. This was uh, one of the kobolds that actually guided us through many of the chambers. And as everybody's kind of starting to talk again and, and warming back up, you all hear Isaacs just speak up and he goes, I'm sorry, friends. How rude of me. This is the advisory council. And he, he gestures toward Goncarlo. He gestures towards Grace. And he gestures toward the bald man who at this point has not said a single word, though he's staring intently at Arwol. He has been this entire time. And at this point, he does speak up and he just says, Professor Garowin, if I'm not mistaken... You'd be correct. And he walks up and he pulls the hood of his robe back. You can see his bald head just kind of shining, his simple brown clothing underneath it. He, his thought is, it, it seems to be focused on you, his hand still clasped in front of him. He releases his palm and he extends one out to you. In honor, he says. Place my head out and shake his hand. It's good, it's good to know that there is a, a logical, practical thinker with an even head on missions like these. We're glad to have you here. Who are you? Uh Apologies. Let me mind my manners. My name is Tarao. Tarao Ponake. How do you spell that? Tarao. T-A-U-R-A-U. I am the I am the main scholar for the Council of Lords. I do all of their research, and any information you all have is a weapon for me to use. And uh, I imagine you'll be returning the books you borrowed soon. You can have my beastie. Perhaps if you found anything else of worth on dragons and the tearfall. And as he goes, he goes to speak one more time, and Eustable speaks up, and he's like, I but friends. And you just see the smile kind of come across his face, those rich reds and purples waving as he stands up very tall. We want to hear what you think it is before we give our two cents. You were there. You saw it. What do you think he was using them for? What do you think they were? I think he's, I don't know what they're for, but I think he's collecting stones that are going to go into those dragon mouths and... Potentially activate the tear fall. Raise my best mm-hmm. gift. Basically, he, he like, almost said as much. I mean, he the green dragon basically was saying that he wanted the dragons to rule the earth again. Dragon apocalypse in so many words. Do we ever yeah. identify the stone? And as you say this, you guys hear this ritual just finish up behind you. And that yeah, woman in that cloak, you can see her cloak just kind of billow past her as this light kind of fades from her hands. And she's holding this smoky quartz in them. She looks out to all of you and she says, My friends, an elemental stone. This is no small thing. This dragon has a stone of elementality. The other, you said it was white? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and what, do, what do you all know about the planes of the elementals? 22. Mm-hmm. 
three. <laughs> Thirteen. So with a twenty-two, uh, Arwell, you have you've actually studied some of the planes before. You would know that gems like these have pretty incredible power inside of them. They are essentially pure elemental energy. And there are planes of existence past the one that you currently live in, many of them. And this is well known among many scholars. This isn't a lore, this is a truth. And it's possible to travel that people have. On these planes, crystals like these exist, so they aren't all literally crystals. But there are gemstones of power that exist on those planes. And the only way to make them is by having some sort of pure element. And when that pure element is present, it will over many, many millennia form one of these things. And you would like, as all of these people are talking, it's all kind of just coming back to you. And you're realizing that probably that white stone that he had was something similar. Isaac steps in and he's like, Grace, allow me. And she kind of like nods to him a little bit and steps back as she like keeps her eye on him and she seems a little uncomfortable at the idea of him stepping forward, but he steps forward and says, if what Grace says is right, this stone is what was used to create the heat around the plume. This stone is what created the smoke, what blinded the people, what killed so many of our representatives. And if what you say is true, it sounds like each of those mouths on those dragons needs a different stone. Allow us to convene for a moment if you will. Subrask steps out to all of you, his bushy eyebrows kind of covering most of his face. He's reaching into his bag for something and he steps in front of you and just says, I'm glad we could do business this day, my friends. And he pulls out a bag and hands it to you and there is 1,000 gold pieces inside of it. YOLO. I say to the council, Can we divide It's it? strange, it's like we're trying to go around and have to collect these ancient relics and put them together, these balls of energy, and summon a dragon. They're like dragon balls. <laughs> and then Subras could just hand you the money and go Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> so are we splitting that all then? Yeah, let's just split it. Yeah. And so they're all talking, and they're all talking in front of you. Everyone seems to be on the court, the lords of the council and their advisors, except for uh, Goncarlo. He does just sit there beside all of you and kind of listens out. Though He wears that smile on his face. It never seems to fade. But he stands with his chest out, his hand comfortably on his sword while they're all speaking. If you guys wanted to speak to him or to each other briefly about anything, uh, you could really quickly while they're speaking. Or if you guys just want to listen to what they're saying, that's fine, too. So what do you think, I mean, it just based on the color, what do you think the white stone. Frosty stone? With the 22, you would actually know what this is, yeah. so give me a, a moment to look it up. Because the black stone is what? Fire? Smoke. Smoke. Okay. Smoky quartz. Smoky quartz. You would know that it was a white sapphire. It was an air elemental gem. So after they finish talking and you guys are all speaking about this gem, they, they walk over to you and Eustable speaks out to you. He says, friends, you done fine. You done good. Seeing as you're the only representatives able to come back with this, we got a task for you. We got tasks for ourselves. Uh, it's imperative you check something for us. No promises, it's an answer, but from what I've heard of the people in town, I think it's our best lead, and I think it's best you leave now. We'll, uh, we'll prepare anything that you request. It's not far out. In fact, you probably passed it on your way back in. On the way between here and the school you went to, Kaggerts, uh, there's the Fire River. I, I'm sure you followed it most of the way there. As the river splits off from the road, if you follow it, it goes up the other Spur Mountains. Uh, the source of the river, it's a waterfall, a raging one, a wild one, one that's hard to climb. We're gonna need you to climb it. It's said by both people and adventurers, by the thralls of the dragon herself used to live there, that uh, she's the closest uh, dragon ever came to Raven's Bluff. Her name, Halar Glawa, means firewing in Draconic. 
They say that uh, though she died, her heart still burns up there. The people in the town say it burns so hot it could melt barriers between worlds. They say underneath the mountains it's hot, rivers of lava and magma. That's no easy task, but if you can find her heart, if it really is a dragon's heart, we think it'll be our first clue. Best place to start looking anyway. While you're gone, we're gonna reach out to a few of our friends and a few of your friends. And he looks out and as he looks out, Taurau looks over to Arwal and he says, Professor Garrowin, we need to speak to Sparkspring. It sounds as if this dragon is pulling the energies of these gems together. Some sort of ritual of which we don't understand, but we're lucky it's a smoke quartz. It's a sort of a half-breed of a gem between earth and fire. If this was a pure one, it would have burned your fingers and skin from your bones. We're gonna talk to a few of the engineers up there, see if they can, can come up with something that can hold these blasted things. Who should we reach out to? Yeah, you should uh, reach out to Silver's Fine Spindle. And it, he, uh, he pulls out a piece of paper and starts mm-hmm. writing, and he's like, it okay if we, uh, if we use your name? Absolutely. You, you, should. Can, tell, you like, can use my name, too. Tell him Adelaide says hi. Yeah, Adelaide's his people. A fine man to be studying under if Professor Garwin recommends him to the council. Yeah. yeah. He's the head of engineering at Thingus Park Spring. We'll consider ourselves lucky to know you. We have a few other things we need to look into while you all are gone. They're all kind of just speaking one after the other, and they seem to kind of just be jumbled. All their thoughts are kind of just running with them right now. Grace speaks up. Isaac, yeah, go um, ahead. Do you, do you by chance get any word back with the stone that you sent to? Oh, I'm Isaac. glad you mentioned it, friend. And as you do, he reaches into his robe and he pulls it out. Mm-hmm. It's just a small, smooth stone, like a river rock. And he hands it over to Arwal. Once, uh, once every 24 hours or so, you should be able to contact them through this stone. In, uh, in addition to that, uh, I've, had, uh, I've had young Mallory make something for you all. And he hands it over. It just looks like uh, a little beautiful blue crystal that looks like it has mica all over it. And he hands a bag all out to you all as well, not specifically to Arwal, but he just kind of hands them out to the group. One looks like a really beautiful gem with like, it's blue and deep and there are little green speckles all in it. And it has um, like, it has multiple, multiple cleavages on it. it. Just seems like finely cut all over. And then the other one, it just seems to be this like leather pouch. And that's, that's all I'll he take has. the shiny gem. Thank you very much. You take the shiny gem, and as you do, you notice that the gem actually starts to move in your hand. Ooh. And you see two little shoulders form, and then two little le- four <gasps> legs come out from under it, and you see two black beady eyes just open really brightly on its head, and a little frog stands up. Oh my God! Oh. In, in the center of your hand. And as it does, it's got little sticky feet like a tree frog. It climbs over to the back of your hand, and it tucks its arms and legs back in. And as it does, it a little crystal sets into your hand right there. It just looks like a gemstone. It doesn't look like a frog any longer and it's just sitting in the back of your hand now. I'm so happy. That is so cool. That's cool. This is why I went on adventures, you guys. We stuff like my arm off if I take it. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Young Mallory has made it for you all. Seems she took a liking to some of you. Uh, It's it's, it's a simple thing, really. Uh, Think of it like a familiar. Once every seven days, it can do a simple task for you. Then it needs time to recharge. The thing doesn't live on this plane, you understand. I am so happy right now. <laughs> this is so exciting. So he hands you the leather pouch, and out of it you pull a caltrop that looks really similar to the ones that Arwell had made from Thundershout. And on it, 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 there's a little note inside of it that just says, For my friends. And, oh. and it just seems like uh, one of the spiked little caltrops that Arwell bought from him the other day. Okay. There's only one. Is a caldrop what I think it is? 
<laughs> yeah, Buffalo's like, <laughs> oh, once again, do you is, know what this does is? Does this come with instructions? Uh, this this came to you at my house just as a delivery. Thundershot himself didn't even deliver it. And, and you know, as you guys are all talking about this and getting this up, Eustables just like, friends, I, I really think that it best you leave, and I know you just got here, but if you follow this tunnel out, it'll take you to the outskirts of town. You won't have to go through the crowds, answer the questions. People know you. You're a representative. People got questions for you. Is there a place that we could rest? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, how's everybody's health? Yeah, we should go back to. My health is fine. I just. You guys, you guys did have a short rest on the way here. Okay. But... Oh, I think we should discuss though. I think we should get some potions. I think fire resistance and climbing. Boy, I sure wish I had my potion of climbing. <laughs> can I ask the council I can a question climb before like we a go? Motherfucker, right now. Yeah. Uh, I know. You guys wouldn't happen to Oops, know if these three. elemental stones can be destroyed. <laughs> when you roll that at one, though. Isaac goes to speak up, and Grace kind of cuts him off like he cut her off earlier. And she's like, My friends, these stones can be destroyed, but with great power. None of us, maybe not all of us, can destroy them. What we're hoping to do here isn't destroy the stones the dragon has. What we're hoping to do here is counteract the ritual somehow. And that's what we'll be doing our research on while you're gone. Because it definitely seems like if we put all of the stones and all of the dragon heads, then pretty much all hell's just gonna break loose. And then all hell <laughs> broke loose. I'm gonna name my frog Wart. Okay. It looks like a real, the crystal most beautiful wart, wart you've ever it's had. It's a crystal wart, and it's a crystal frog with crystal warts, and I'm so excited to have him in my. You can just do <laughs> one simple task every once a week. Once a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like your Sweet. laundry. Can he communicate? <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out later, but... Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's get sleepy. I got a crab bow I gotta attune to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Yusuke just speaks out to you again. Uh, my apologies, sending you back out this soon, but you're the only ones capable, and I'm afraid that more than ever, time is of the essence. And this isn't uh, necessarily uh, the answer. It's just a lead. Uh, it, I imagine it'll take us... Option. I imagine it'll take us about three days' time to get together a few answers and meet you back here, so if you could be back here in that time, I'd, I'd say it's paramount. Say no more, fam. Could we, do you have any access to health potions before we leave? Uh, yeah, and he, he he turns around and he picks up this bag and he hands it over to you. Inside of the bag, there are four regular health potions. There is one potion of fire resistance and there's one potion of bark skin. It makes your skin bark like a dog. It's very arr, useful, arr, never. Arr. I'll just grab the bag a little bit. Okay, and you can just hear it kind of clinking as you do grab this bag. As as he hands it to you, he's like, on on such short notice, I'm sorry, it's all we could give to you, my friends, but being representatives, seeing what you've done, we've got nothing but faith in you. I want to remind my fellow people that I still have a potion of diminishment, too, if anyone can think of Mm. a good use use of it. it. I haven't been able to yet. I'm going to go ahead and just take out a piece of parchment and a quill, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to write a letter, and I'm going to give it to Isaacs and ask him to... Uh, mail this to Kagerts and give it to Lupe. Um, okay. And on that, I'm going to say, Dear Lupe, thank you so much for the shield spell that you gave us. Um, it single-handedly saved all of our lives. Um, very effective spell scroll. You give this to Isaacs? I do. Isaacs takes this and he... He, as he does, he kind of like puts his hand around yours. You can see his weathered knuckles just kind of sitting over your hand out from these colorful robes. And he just says, I'm happy to deliver this to her for you, but friend, tell her yourself. You have the stone. I thought this was to Fingus. <laughs> no, the stone was to Kagris. Kagris? Yeah. Okay. Yo, girl, you there? Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I'll do that then. Let's go to Sleepy Town. 
Yeah, I need I to. I think they're telling us that we need to get out of town. Well, right how now. far away? Well, if, we, not, if we take a long rest now, we can just stay up for three days. <laughs> Fair. Drink Doing some Red Bull. Fuck there. yeah. How long is the um, the waterfall from the Fire River? Do we know approximately? Sue Brask speaks out to you all. You can see Jess's eyebrows <laughs> looking out at you. Yeah, and that blonde hair just kind of falling over it, wavy and small on his little body, and he just says, it's less than a half day's journey. I'm sure you'll find yourselves getting there easily. I think that the whole council speaks in your best interest when you say you should get out of town. Well, I've got no spells left. Well, they call them an advisory council I mean, we for could get a reason. out and rest there, but I think okay. we need to not be in town right now because okay. our time will not be our own anymore. Sue Bresk speaks out one more time, and he just says, wise words. Can I buy... You guys also don't have to leave. <laughs> you can just, like, show them your little fingers. Can I buy and a wagon for dogs? the buffalo to pull the party? Like a carriage? Like a covered wagon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. Is anybody interested? Because it might help us get uh, there a little bit. It does seem like we should keep this yeah, I do private have two feet. and not... Yeah. Nobody's going to pay attention to a covered wagon being pulled by a buffalo. <laughs> you don't know if that's the, You guys are going down the road. Both of you are playing your instruments and you're I'll just like, sniggy! I'll wear a load and travel and you guys hang back in the back, they'll not even know. I'll just say I'm a merchant. Your call, oh, girls. I mean, they're going to dress up like one. probably going to recognize the buffalo no matter what we do. So. Dress the like, buffalo up like he's Bantha got, from Star Wars. He's got a hundred arrows on his back. Everyone knows the buffalo with a hundred arrows on the back of the wagon. Porcupine buffalo. <laughs> this might take a while to get crafted That's to true. buffalo style. We can do that on the way back. You guys, you I'll guys, do it later in the campaign. You guys put right. a pin in it? Yeah, there would <laughs> have been a better time for okay. wagon right. firing. I don't so think a wagon can make we, it up a waterfall. So. As you guys are talking about the yeah. wagon, Isaacs walks up to you, and he, <laughs> he, he puts one hand on Guy, and he puts one hand on Arwul, and he says, I know we're rushing you out. What you did was very brave, and you've done a great deed for the people of this town. You've made me proud as your patron. An excellent contract to have signed. I think it's fair to say that you've done more for me than I you, and I'll be working on that for your return. Um, I don't know. I mean, you gave me this really cool frog, so I'm pretty oh, happy. Then we'll call it even. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> this is good. The rest of us didn't actually get anything but just pointy things, so. <laughs> and what the fuck is this anyway? I don't know what this is, and you didn't even give it to us. You just delivered it. God's haste, friends. He's got one on his proud. shoulder. Yeah, you see a little gumble, tripping and purring. Pet his little head. He snips at you. God, he's cute. Thanks, Gumble, for the acorn. <laughs> I appreciate you. His little tail pokes your arm. You're not poisoned or anything. It doesn't pierce. He's just, like, jabbing at you a little bit. I you like it. half a hit point. <laughs> I guess we'll leave. So you guys leave the council. They seem to... You can hear that statue kind of sliding back as they're all beginning to walk up the stairs. Their voices are kind of carrying down this tunnel. And it, this tunnel is every so often lit by this torch, and it actually seems like they light in the distance, like as you're closing in on them. And if you were to look back, it's pitch black all the way back, like from three torches. But this tunnel is straight. It doesn't curve or anything. It just seems to be like a straight shoot. And it's hard to tell. Like you almost lose track of time when you're in a place like this. It seems like you're walking for hours. But finally, you do come to an exit. And at this exit, there are two raven statues. And as you come to it, you just hear this... And you see something on the ground light around you. And as it does, this door just begins to slide open. And as it slides open, you guys are all walking up into this. And it seems as though night has fallen. 
You can hear the crickets and the frogs all around you. Your frog doesn't do anything. Um, you can hear the crickets and the frogs <laughs> no, all cool, around though. you. He's too cool to make noises. The moon is high in the sky, and as you look back toward the moon, you can see it coming over the Dragon's Reach Sea, and you can't see Raven's Bluff for the Earth Spur Mountain that's sitting on the back of it that you seem to have come out of the back of. As you come into this place, you do see there's like a wagon sitting on the road. The road's not very far from you, though you can tell this door is well hidden. If you were to walk about 200 yards, you would get to the road, and you can see it pretty clearly from here, actually, even in just the moonlight. And it seems like on the road there's a wagon and there's a little fire beside it. There's Is somebody it? over there. Mm. Seems like it. Can I roll perception to look closer? Yeah, you're like 200 yards away, so it's going to oh. be pretty good. Can we walk towards pretty, this wagon? Pretty good. Walk towards this? I'm going to sneak up. Yeah, let's. You really want to be stealthy? Okay. Do you want to go let check them know it out? where we just yeah. came from? Or I can oh, just. I'll go check it yeah, out. Check I'll do out. some reconnaissance. Ooh. So you want to roll some stealth? Rogue connaissance. Yeah. <laughs> It's a 17. With the 17, you get up to the side of this road and there's a fire, though it's not like right on the side of the road, it's near it, you know? There's like a small campsite. And this road doesn't have any buildings near it or anything like that. It seems like Raven's Bluff is actually pretty far behind you guys at this point. The moon is kind of shining a light over this. The covered wagon, you would notice, is actually being pulled by a buffalo, though there is <gasps> no, like, there's just a covered wagon with a buffalo sitting right here. And there's a strange little stout woman and she's just sitting by the fire and she has some kind of loot or something, and she's just like tuning the chords. You've never seen her in your life. Um, just what does she look? Human? Is she? Uh, she looks like she looks like a halfling. Okay. Mm-hmm. She so just has she has she has her hair pulled back into this big bun on the back of her head. It's kind of hard to tell what colors she is wearing, but she does have like a lot of satchels set beside her. She has a lot of pieces of paper around her, and she's just kind of tuning whatever instrument she has in her hand. Her back is turned toward you. So you know. I, I would recognize that it's Buffalo. Yeah, you would know Buffalo. He's got 100 arrows. He's got 100 right. arrows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see the 100 arrows from here, and we know yeah. that's Buffalo. So I go back to the group. Um, What'd you see? There's a, there's a halfling <laughs> woman up there, and she has Buffalo. She's using Buffalo to pull a wagon. Or was previously using buffalo. Wow, that's really clever. Why didn't we ever yeah, think of that? That's a really good idea. Why didn't I ever do that? Let's go rescue buffalo. Uh, she's got lots of knickknacks and papers and stuff around. She's playing an instrument. So I guess we should just walk up and kill her, right? Maybe not. How long has it been since we were at the thing? Since we were at the council. Well, looking at where the moon is in the sky now, it was, pr- it was probably like three hours since you guys started walking. Then I can't speak to Buffalo now because my spell doesn't work. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Okay. Like, you guys were walking down the hallway for hours. Well, he tells me the Buffalo's up there, so I'm just going to be like, well, I'm going to go collect my goddamn Buffalo, and I'm going to stroll my happy ass up there. But I'm going to keep my bow on guard just in case this bitch is evil. Okay. <laughs> so you walk up, like, around her with your bow pointed at her? I'm like, we're friendly, but that's my... Blah, blah, blah. She speaks up, she sets her loop down, she sees your arrow pointed at her, and even though she sees it, she seems like very calm. I was wondering whose buffalo this was. He's just been sitting here, so I needed to make a camp and it felt safer to do it next to this thing than all by myself. I say, I totally hear you and I put my bow down. Insight. Let's try this today. Oh, Fuck. shit. Oh, my God, it's more than one. This <laughs> is 18. You are inclined to believe her. She seems very relaxed about it. She doesn't seem surprised when someone comes for the buffalo, and she doesn't seem like on the defensive, like, oh, fuck, you know? Like, I am caught. She's just, like, very relaxed about it. Okay, What's your I'm, name, I'm going to stab her. No, no, don't do that. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go over to the wagon and just kind of look into it. Yeah. Uh, you, you're looking in the wagon, <laughs> and you would, you would, there's a note pinned to the front of it, and mm-hmm. it just says, God's speed 
on it. Okay. And, but that seems like th that that's all that's in there. And there's some rations and bags in the back, but otherwise there's nothing in here. What's your name, ma'am? Great question. <laughs> she says out loud. She looks up to you and she just says, uh, my name is Keithry. Hi, Keithry. Keithry-PO. I like that. And, is and this Wagoneers, Keithry? She like looks over at you, like people are just kind of coming out of the, like out of this field that was behind her. You guys are kind of wading through this tall grass. Yeah, like the grass is as tall as you. You're like, whose is this? And she's just like, I didn't know whose buffalo this was. I just set up camp near it to just feel a little safer. I'm, I'm traveling on my own. I, I just got a patron and I'm, I'm very excited and I've been told to sing songs and spread my name and I've set it on my own so far. I don't have a party like you both seem to have. Does she look like she could kick some ass, sorta? I mean, she looks like a little plump, halfling female bard. Um, she can't kick your ass, but she can kick your emotional ass, probably. Well, I'm like, uh, are you uh, looking to potentially sell this wagon to me for five gold? I don't know if this is hers. Um, this, she said it's not This hers, isn't my wagon. I don't pay attention very well, as you can tell. <laughs> cool, well then it's mine, since it's attached to my buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, and she just starts kind of like strumming a little bit on her lute, and she's like, sounds right. <laughs> I'm like, let me teach you a little tune, and I pull out my lute. Here's a little song I wrote when I was, uh, you know, kicking ass and taking initials because I didn't have time for names. It goes a little something like this. I'm a guy on a And she starts jamming it with me, I hope. Yeah, sure. I'm going to roll persuasion. She starts backing you up. It's a 17. Yeah, she starts singing right along with you. Let me roll a performance for her. It's incredible. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you guys are just both like in tune <laughs> and, and sync to together. Calista starts out and then sees what's happening and shakes her head and just puts it back. <laughs> Too good for this. <laughs> um, I'm just chilling. I'm just kind of sitting. I'm like shifting one foot to the other, just like ready to go. Ready to go climb some rocks, ready to go find this dragon heart, like ready to go try out my new frog. Are you hey. at, but you're still out in the field? No, I followed them down. Okay, so I'm you're like, at the camp? Yeah. Um, hey, Keith, you wander into camp since it doesn't seem to be um, okay. very threatening down in that piece. So, Keith, you were about to go on a pretty tough mission. You want to come? Why are you inviting other bard? You want to come uh, with? Keith so like, we can all jam and start no, a band together. Keith no. is playing and she's like, uh, it seems you already have two fine bards with you and I've been sent, I, I, I'm on, I'm working. I can't, I can't go. Yeah, that one's not a bard, but he's musical. I like um, his song. It's, it's pretty good song. Yeah. So, who's your, who's this patron? Well, it's, it's actually pretty exciting, you know, because I was leaving the Midsummer Festival, and I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a dragon. What? Out there. Yeah, yeah. We, and we heard about that. Everything's ruined. Nobody's staying. All of the performers have left. I was one of the last ones out. Yeah, fucking like dragons. The the patron remained nameless. Just gave me a song. Told me to go spread my name. What was the song called? I could play it for How you. How did you yeah, get the please. message? I'd love to hear the song. How did you get the? the they called. Or, they called a few bards that were in town for the festival. Freelancers in. They, they just, the, the person who gave us the note, some some lady, some other bard, I think, she gave us a note and she just gave us each a song and told us to play it as much as we could and to make a name for ourselves. She paid us pretty handsomely too. What Madam? did she look like? It was a, a slender lady. She had really pretty blonde hair. Her her nails were really nicely done and she wore really nice clothes. Well, so what Probably was the song? Yeah, I'd like to hear this. Oh, I, I can play it for you. Uh, and she just kind of like starts strumming on her little lute and she's like, uh, <clears throat> she seems a little flustered. She's like, this is my first time singing it, so bear with me. No judgment here, fam. And, and she starts to sing and she's just like, 
The noble was brave and sought by all. He was handsome, clever, rich, and tall. He sought to help a poor peasant girl. He was more charitable than all in the world. He took her in and gave her bread, but she had other plans in her head. She tried to steal all of his lore. She even stole the clothes he wore. Horned and evil, not knowing her place, she let him wash the dirt from her face. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he raised her from her position in squalor, only to have her go out and holler. These are my stories, this is my lore. But she was a lying whore. Never again <laughs> did the noble... For the podcast, I'm actually physically turning red right now. <laughs> I can feel it. Never again did the noble extend his overflowing and gracious hand. And she like strums and then like takes a bow in front of all of you. Shade. I love it. She's like, yeah, I I thought it was, it's pretty good. I've heard better, but I mean, they're paying me to sing it in all the towns, so. I'll pay you to not sing it. I don't know if uh, you can counter this offer. How much were you paid? I was paid 2,000 gold. Oh, holy oh. shit. What? Is this guy hiring? Yeah. I could probably sing that song. Well, the lady gave us the job. I just say, Do you have a fire? And I go to bed in the cart. She oh. doesn't sing the happy names, though. Oh, she's just singing the song. I see. Yeah. Sing a very hey, specific Keithery, generic You're not going to sing that song across the land. You're not going to sing that song to anybody. She seems kind of shocked, and she's not saying anything. Her mouth is just kind of like a little bit open. <sighs> Sweetheart. Um, I'm going to roll intimidation. Oh, like hold on a minute. You can She's intimidate kind of her in a minute. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Lander? <laughs> yeah. Historian. Any bard worth their instrument has heard of Lander. Yeah. Lander's a little upset with me right now. Because <laughs> I helped him write a book, and he doesn't want to give me credit for it. So he has now paid you a very large sum of gold to spread lies about me. Well, I mean, a lady gave me this. But he hired the lady. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he did. That's how Lander works. <laughs> Look, it's the most gold I've ever been paid, and I have a whole family. I do not doubt that you need that gold, and I don't grudge it to you. I hope that it does great good for your life. Is that the whole song? That's it. That's all they gave me. That's it? Mm-hmm. No names or anything in it? No. Okay. It's not so bad. I mean, who gives a fuck? Patches what? gives a Patches fuck. Patches uh, me. <laughs> I mean, you are my friend. Yeah. I will help if I can. I don't want to hurt her. No, I don't. I mean, you're a very beautiful singer. Um, I'm going to roll a intimidation um, and say, I'm not going to hurt you, but if I hear that you have been singing this song, I will find you. Oh, damn. Against a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eight. Okay, I'll never play it again. She just has like a little smile on her face. What a bitch. <laughs> if you do, you do. And I give her one of the inserts for the book I had printed. Just so you'll know, these are the parts of the book that I wrote and the parts that are false that he made up. Most of the stories in there aren't true. Just for your walking around knowledge, they're still really good stories. You know, jilted lovers make better stories than dudes that were... It's true. Assholes. And then, can I teach you a song as well? Uh, Yes, uh, of course. Yep, so I'm going to sing her the song of the ballad of the guy on a buffalo. (laughs) She she heard a little bit of it already, Uh but only the part about the guy on the buffalo. I'm going to, yeah, so there's there's a whole song, so I I play that for her and teach it to her. Roll performance. Okay. She will too. Let me find a better die for this. We're like, oh, we gotta go. Let's sit around the campfire and sing songs for three hours. Yep, sounds about right. Stuff like that counts toward a long rest. 
for what it's worth. Oh, really? Yeah. Does? Just like relaxing around the campfire yeah. and talking and well, stuff. Well, I'm sleeping on the car anyway. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been asleep. She like halfway through her song, he like climbed up into the car and Arwell went to bed. <laughs> Ouch. Well, with modifiers, it's a 20. You, you actually play this really beautifully and is this uh, a song about all of you or are you writing indi- are you writing individual songs and this one is about Guy? I'm sort of writing a piece about each person. Okay. I don't want to give the so, whole thing yeah, away, you, but I figure everybody about, knows Guy. Sure. So. Yeah, you teach her the song about uh, a strange man in the woods who is raised raised by a beast and how that beast became tamed and kind of mm-hmm. brought into society and how he found these people and purpose. And, and there's a whole verse about like how heroic it makes you that you were raised in the wild but still care about humanity. And there's Aww. one part that's where I gotta get away from the bear. Actually, the part about rescuing the baby from the cougar. <laughs> <laughs> so you teach her the song and she seems to pick it up pretty uh-huh. quickly, actually. And uh, she just like sets her lute down. And, and we named ourselves, didn't we? Oh, no. Yeah. They, named, the they flame, named us. Buffalo yeah. gals. Gun Carlo is calling you guys like, the fan of flame. The, the fans yeah. of flame. I kind of like that. Yep. And wherever you go, be sure to mention that the fans of flame were the ones who dealt with the threat of dragons in the bay. You were on that ship? Yes. And you're alive? Yes. So I'll make sure to sing your song then. I'll be the first one to sing it. And, and you can see you start like kind of like calculating a little bit. If you like, continue <laughs> a career of singing truth, I will share more of the story with you in the future. Well, normally I just sing whatever pays, but... Sometimes it's worth a long-term investment for a big payout later. She looks you over a little bit. Uh, she doesn't say anything right away, and then she's just like, I'll think about it. Do. Well, if you ever need to find us, we're usually at the kettle. Mm-hmm. Kettle's home turf. Ah, uh, I heard that the uh, the bard, uh, Davian, he was playing there. I met yes. him on the street. That was his place. <laughs> oh, he knows the way. Well, look, I mean, it's your wagon, and I've already got a fire going, so if you guys want to sleep here, feel free, but it's getting late, and I have to be up with the sun, so I'm going to sleep. Are we going to sleep? sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to hide all of my val- very valuable things in my bra so that I will wake up if anyone tries to touch them and take them. Yeah. I don't trust this little halfling. I want to sleep stealthily. I don't know <laughs> what that means. I want to sleep like somewhere pretty hidden. Okay, so like, like just around, but just you know, like roll sleep, like, roll like in a in a roll bush or to something. Find a place to sleep. Um, it's twenty three. Okay, so Patches goes over into this place, and you get like some grass and dirt, and you bunch it up, and you put your cloak over it, and then you like walk fifty more yards out, and you lay down in the grass there and go to sleep. <laughs> You're feeling pretty good about it. I'm gonna, like many a night in the wilderness, drape myself on the buffalo's back and have him, like, lay down and we keep each other warm. Not that he really needs me because he's a goddamn buffalo. That's true. But uh, if something were to alert him, he would also stir and wake me. Anybody else? Just regular sleepy time? Yeah, should we set a watch just in case strange things have been afoot? I'm asleep. That <laughs> <laughs> is so helpful. So is everybody sleeping? Yeah. yeah. I'm people for you, but not... Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Let's see your last one up. What's happening? I feel like we probably shouldn't all just be fucking asleep on the side of the road, so I'm going to sit up and okay. write notes and sure. all that good stuff. Do you want to, like, so like four hours goes by, mm-hmm. you can either take a short rest without the benefit of sleep you can just be like, okay, there's only four hours left and I really need to get some sleep. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I could okay. try to wake somebody else sure. up and I'm like, who? <laughs> if you, you, know, you can't even find me. If you want to sleep a little bit more later, okay, you the can... the pile of grass with the cloak <laughs> over it. Oh, where's Patches? Damn it. If you want to sleep a little bit later, you can sleep in the back of the wagon while we're on the way. I sort of poke at Arwal and see if he wakes up. Hmm. Arwal? Hmm. Do you want to keep a watch? For what? <laughs> For getting robbed or something? I don't know. Have I gotten a long sleep? 
Um, at four hours, uh, no. No, okay, never mind, never mind. I'm so tired. Shut okay, up. Go to sleep. Go I'm mentally sleep. exhausted from saving all of our lives. It looks like you lives. have all your <laughs> already. You have all your as the as the morning sun comes up, Calissa's hair is everywhere. She's got like these really dark circles under her eyes. How'd you um, sleep? But as the as the night has gone on, you've seen many performers, many merchants just leaving the city, many boats going back out and on I've the just dragon's been, like, reach, playing and writing and sketching out this epic poem that we're writing of our adventures. So you've been keeping yourself a little bit busy, but yeah. you do notice that like though everyone doesn't look at you guys a few of them do turn their heads and you catch their attention and, and then about two parties complete parties notice you're awake and they turn their heads and they keep moving forward and they just sort of made it a point to attune to the bow yeah okay thank god yeah so guy has this bow that he found in the strange dungeon that was under that water it is a bow made almost entirely of coral and it does have like little starfish and it has little anemones and like shoulder pads too yeah (laughs) your shoulder pads but yeah it has all these little like it just looks like a little coral reef going all the way up that's strung like a bow and it's shaped like a bow a little tiny crab on the front of the handle yeah that's where he put the arrows in his little crab claw yeah hell yeah that's so cool that's really cool somebody draw that (laughs) what does it um what does it do do we know? We don't know yet. You do now. Yeah. You I do, do now. This is a bow of crabbling, and what happened? Crabbling. Yeah. And what happened? And what happened? I named it the crustacean bow, but it's his bow, and he's attuned to it. So you can call it whatever the fuck yeah. you want. It's a bow of crabbling. And what happens is it's stronger to hit, and if I hit a particularly good hit, aka, it can potentially cast polymorph and turn things into crustaceans. How cool is that? Yeah, it can turn. Th- it can maybe turn things into crabs if he rolls a nat twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turns them into whiskey crabs. Just drunk crabs. Like. You hit him, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we died. For real, I cannot say how fucking stoked I am on this boat. That's awesome. That's really cool. Did I ever tell you guys that the only reason I agreed to go on this adventure was to see cool magical items? And like, how many cool magical items have we seen? So many. We can only hope that they continue to uh, be bountiful. You guys wake up. Calissa's super sleepy. The the sun is up, and as you all are waking up, uh, like before the sun crests, you can kind of see that light starting to light the horizon. There's a word for it. It's called dawn. (laughs) So key three, before all of your compatriots are up, and the sun has like completely crested over these mountains in the distance, she gets up and thank you for the song. It's always nice to meet other bards on the road, and I'll keep what you said and yours in mind. But of course. We have to stick together, you know. You, you understand how hard it can be to find a patron who pays for your music? I absolutely do. Well, I thank you for your kindness and, you know, for not letting your scary friend kill me. <laughs> I do my best with that one. Which scary friend? And she just kind of like, she just kind of, yeah, she puts her pack up. She gets a pack that's like as big as her, like a halfling has. And you can see the pans kind of clinking on the side of it. All these cooking utensils are kind of all the way down it. She, you can, it looks like there's a lot of wax paper in there, probably full of rations. Mm-hmm. And she just has her loot at her side. It, though she does have a strap on it, she just kind of carries it by the neck as she walks away. And she just walks up the road deeper into the Earthspur Mountains. But um, just about an hour or so later, the sun is kind of crested over these mountains, patches the dew on the grass around you has... Right before wet. the sun actually <laughs> yeah. comes up, I start playing a really loud, obnoxious song to wake everybody <laughs> up. <laughs> and, like doing a jig all yeah. around everybody. Good morning. Yeah. You guys wake up and Calista's like up with her dulcimer like on top of the wagon. <laughs> the sun's like rising Cat behind dancing. her. Yeah. And singing, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, except there's no eggs or bacon. So you guys see, like, everyone wakes up and is rolling up their bedrolls and then out in the field you guys just see Patch's head like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like up from some grass. Oh, good morning, Patches. Morning. His bald this head, his bald head shining with the morning dew oh, as the sun reflects off of it back into your off. eyes. And the guy on the buffalo sings his morning chant. Awaken, awaken, eggs and kraken. <laughs> now that he has a crustacean bone. Oh, oh, I like that. It's speaking through him. Or something. Uh-oh. Is this thing so guy wakes up and he's being <laughs> as weird as ever. And <laughs> um, but the sun is rising. A lot of the people have kind of left the town. You did see the like caravans leaving. There were like some individuals, some small parties like yours, and then entire wagons with people like like huge caravans of wagons just kind of leaving this city. And you can just tell that whatever happened had a huge impact on Raven's Bluff. But as the morning sun comes up, the road seems clear before you all, and the night goes uneventfully, possibly mm-hmm. thanks to Callista staying up. You're all welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Calista. Do you want to take a little nap in the back? Yep. I grab a piece of cheese from the bag beside me in the car and give it to her. Our yeah, little cat. He gives you a piece of cheese. It was like kind of already yours, but like also a nice gesture, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I just have it enough right on my night, Kyle. Like, well, does everybody crawl in the wagon? I set I up a nice wagon, little cot for And I make Calista. all the rest of you walk. <laughs> oh, yeah, I set up a nice little cot for Calista. Thanks. Calista, you do have this little cot. Um, are you guys going to try and follow the mm-hmm. Fire River straight to... The waterfall. The beaten path. You guys are going to follow the Fire River to Dragon Falls, which is where they told you guys to go. So you guys get up here, and it really, like, it took uh, two days to get to Kagger. It only takes about a half of a day to get here, which, half of a day, Calista is eight hours, so that's a long rest. Yep, that worked out for you. And the ride goes pretty smoothly, so you're not gonna take any weird exhaustion points or anything like that. Thanks, Buffalo. Yay. So Buffalo's kinda pulling this thing. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be like a gift from the Council of Lords. They overheard you guys talking about it. Steve the dog is, just to be specific, not with Buffalo. Steve the dog is nowhere to be seen right now. He's probably dead. Yeah, he probably is dead. He probably got hit by a car or picked up by animal service. It was like, (laughs) Seafoam Green Aston Martin. Beep, beep, now, <laughs> there are cars here. Yeah. But as you guys follow the Fire River, it's like Why you, have a you can... Why have wagon? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, we got four of like, like, drive wherever the fuck we want. You have, you have one horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> one, <laughs> one strong horsepower. <laughs> so you guys are walking up this Fire River, and you've actually, you're actually pretty familiar with this part of the country. You guys walked through most of it to get to Kaggerts on your first adventure as a party. Oh! Yeah. And maybe you guys reminisce on that a little bit. It's only been like three days, but you know, like whatever. It's been a, it's been a pretty exciting week for you guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. A lot has happened. You've learned a lot about yourselves. And as you guys are coming up through this, you can just hear those same birds chirping. And as you do, you just start to hear this really incredible white noise. And it seems to start to happen almost as soon as this river branches off from the road. And you can follow this river up about another half an hour or so, and as you do, you just see this huge waterfall pouring over the side of these Earthspur Mountains. And I mean, this thing is falling from so far up that the area around it within like probably 100 yards, the air is just kind of misting. And that's how big this waterfall is and how high up it is. It's like uh, the river The river is probably about 100 feet across. Like it's a really big river where it comes and the base of this waterfall is just kind of eroded this really large pool at the very bottom of this mountain. And there's just, it's not a sheer cliff, but it's pretty close to straight vertical that goes up and you can kind of just see where this waterfall is pouring off of it. Does it look like there is a way, like an easier way to climb it? Uh, you could roll an investigation. I'm really good at that. So, guy got a 20. Uh, I got a 21. Mm-hmm. Nice. I actually am good at investigation. So, you you and Guy are both kind of looking around this thing. Uh, 
you guys don't see like tracks from anything. You think that anything that may have been here would quickly get washed away by the river. But as you guys are looking, you you know that they said it was near the top of this waterfall, the entrance to the cave that they were telling you guys about. But you don't see any like easily climbable, like there are no ledges that stick out. It just seems like the water has completely eroded this side of the mountain. Mm. So, Is there any way to get like sort of up behind the water and check it out? Am I in like the around the mountain? No, but like behind the water. Oh, like behind, like if yeah. it was a wall. Yeah. yeah, you can try. It's falling. There's a lot of water. Yeah, like is there a way to like come up at how, it from around the pool yeah, and off how the tall, side? How tall is the waterfall? It's about 250 feet tall. Damn. 250 feet. Yeah. Um, are you in the forest? Yes, you are in the forest. Would I roll survival to see if I can look really close and see if there's like a trail or anything that looks like any kind of path? Probably a smart decision. Nat 20. So the mountain turns into a crab. And so that, not, <laughs> technically, technically that would be a 26. Well, nat 20 is better than 26. So you get a nat 20 with a mod six. Uh, you, would, you would think that there are two ways to get up here. It seems like no one has been in this area. With a nat 20, you're just like really looking. This is your element. You're in your element at the bottom of these mountains before they like get into this mountainous terrain. There are trees and they're like very healthy trees all around you. This river is just like abundant with water and that mist is just kind of watering all the plants that are around here. So these trees grow nice and tall. So you think that maybe one of two things are your best option. Either you could take about another half a day and walk around the mountain and come up to where the source of the river is and walk out that way. Or you can maybe climb up to the top of one of these trees and try to fire an arrow and see if you can lodge a rope I, into um, the top. I can I can climb this. So I mean, I have pitons, so I, that's what it. So I can climb like. And with your uh, what's it called, quick hands or whatever. Yeah. So it well, that's story work. I'm really good at climbing, and yeah. it doesn't cost me any additional movement or anything yeah. like that. It'd be awesome, if did you guys have a climbing potion right did now. Did you? Uh, uh, bring your I failed us, guys. Okay, yeah. so batches is batches. Not at all. God, you it takes an hour, and I don't have the ingredients. Or, ingredients. or someone could take a potion of diminishment, who, and we could has, throw them to the top of the water. Put them on an arrow. Hold on tight. So, uh, but anyway, so Patches and Guy rope. We all do. Everybody, yeah, everybody has rope. Has rope. Yeah. How much rope does everyone have? Everyone that? has a fifty-foot rope to start out with. So between all of you, you have two hundred and fifty. Oh feet wow, of that's rope. super convenient. So. <laughs> Should have made it 300, <laughs> god damn it. Um, so if if everyone gives me a rope, I'll climb up there and I'll send a rope down. Just because it's canon, don't I have a little less than 50 feet of rope? No, you have two 25-foot ropes. Okay, okay. okay, so I'm going to start with my... my you gotta so jump. you're going to take the um, rope up to the top and fasten it. And exactly drop it down. So I'm just going to leave so, Buffalo down here then. I guess so. Good luck. So, I don't think we're going to be so able to walk around. <laughs> Maybe Buffalo can defend the wagon until we get back. Okay, let's do it. I'm gonna use them. Oh, can I assist him by like telling him where to place his hands and feet? Like, if there's good rocks that I can see from you oh, know when you're I rock climbing, to. you can like kind of help. Sure, yeah. Just lift up with your back leg. I can command the buffalo. I can tell him to go around and to meet us. It'll take him about eight hours to get up there. Can I? Mean, I that's the only him? way he's gonna get up there. Yep. <laughs> How many people do you think do? Could all of us lift the buffalo? Uh, diminishment! <laughs> Let's get <laughs> Buffalo the diminishment what, potion! What does that do? What what does it makes it small! But then we're gonna do a tiny, tiny buffalo. Oh up my there. god, a pygmy buffalo? How <laughs> fucking cute is that shit? I am totally giving you this Literally potion. Literally this size. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you give the potion to Buffalo? So Patches, I guess you're just we'll we'll do that in a second. So Patches, you start climbing. Can I you can see? I help him with this? Yeah, with okay. a D six. And I'm using the, the betons to, to like help. help 
Um, like, I'm like, tell, I'm like, hey, put your left foot up. Is There's that, a rock that be, right there. Would that be Dex? So it's a acrobatics, which is a twenty-three. With her assistance. What's your assistance? Plus two. So twenty-five. And you're proficient with the pitons. Like it's yes. something that Patch mm-hmm. uses. I would give you a plus four for that as well. So like. 30? Mod 30? Something like Jesus that. Christ, yeah. Mod 30 is the... And I do it, like, <laughs> weirdly fast. Yeah, Mod 30, Mod, 30 is, Mod 30 is the highest DC you can get in Dungeons & Dragons, so congratulations on that. Well done. Um, you guys see patches almost, <laughs> almost like, horrifyingly quickly <laughs> scale It's like this. that one time I took that potion to climb that statue. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like, does he even really need those pitons? Like, he's, like, climbing up this thing. And as you're climbing up, you just... you. I mean, you can just command Buffalo obeys you. You can just be like, open your mouth, and he's like... Mm. Yeah, I'm like, hey, do you want to be even cuter? Because it's coming at you. And then just, he drinks it, and he's like, <laughs> like, all these weird leathery noises are coming out, and he just seems totally comfortable and no pain whatsoever, just chewing on a little bit of grass that he had. And it becomes you, suddenly a much too large <laughs> bit of grass for him. Yeah, yeah, the grass is <laughs> like filling like, it. One blade of grass hanging out of his mouth like, like huge. Push over arrows to find them. No, he's not. He's like oh, he's dude. like a rabbit size. He's like a rabbit size. Holy shit! That's but do they arrows shrink too? Like, is he underneath all the arrows? We probably left all the arrows. No, in. the arrows would shrink. Let's put the arrows. in No, they would no, shrink. No, they they would shrink it's because what you're wearing. it's what you're wearing. Oh, and if like if you were an archer, it wouldn't be like you have to shoot giant. Regular arrows. So yeah, he's got honey. He's got a he's got a hundred tiny arrows on his little buffalo hide. I'm pretty sure you roll for it, and I'm pretty sure it's two d fours, and it's that many hours. So do you want me to roll for it, or do you want to roll for it? I want to roll for my buffalo. Yeah, you roll for it. Oh, you roll for it. Okay. Uh, three. For about three hours, the buffalo will be a pygmy buffalo. Sounds kind of perfect. Well, I put him in a, like my little backpack with just his little head poking out. You throw some grass in there, and it's like grass. a lot more grass than he's used to. He's like, oh, my God. In the time that this happens, you were at the top of this. And as you're like climbing up, you notice that there actually is a ledge. And it's not right where the waterfall comes off. It's actually about 20 feet below that. And it's just kind of inset into the side of this. It doesn't even look like three people could comfortably stand here. Like the ledge is 10 foot ledge. It's very small. And as you get up here, you notice that in, it's like a base relief of just a dragon's face carved into it. Its eyes look at you. And over top of the dragon's head, it says uh, Firewing. What does it say? Firewing. Firewing. Hmm. Any all wizards want to roll some history on that? We have to get up there first. There's not like a noticeable entrance into Mm -hmm. a cave or anything? No, you don't see like a door or anything like that. Do I notice anything else about it at all? Oh, you could roll an investigation. Seven. You don't notice anything else. Can I light? Are you gonna Are you gonna try and fasten your rope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm tying all the ropes together, but I mean, we can't all fit up here, and I can't. Just, can I? I mean, it's a waterfall. I doubt I can like yell that down to them. Can I? You have message. What is? Can you talk to him? Yeah. He can't talk to you. Though. I think you can get one answer. Yeah, you back. you get one answer message. back. Message. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or just telling it thumbs up you, or thumbs down you. <laughs> what is a cantrip, yeah? A bunch. The range, how far up is he? 250 feet. The range is only 120 feet. Yeah. Damn. You can't message that far. I light my lantern. Okay. And just hold the fire up to it really closely and kind of just, like, look more closely. Okay. And... Nothing changes when that lantern is lit. The only thing different now is there's a little bit of light illuminating from it, and that water is just pouring over the side of this. Underneath your feet, it's really slick. Um, and as you're kind of looking at this, you, I guess, would probably realize that even though it'd be hard for three people to stand up here, it'd be the more we get up here, it's like the 
footing underneath you is slick, and it's like barely comfortable for one person. And as you're just holding this lantern over this base relief of this dragon that says Firewing above it, you don't notice any seams or anything extra like that. I mean, is there like a top that you can get to and stand? Yeah, like if if he if he went like another twenty feet, you kind of crest and come to the source of where the river is. Where's your owl when we need it, bro? Uh, dead. Um, I don't. Thanks for reminding me. So it's two hundred fifty feet to the top top of the waterfall, not to right. the ledge. Right. The ledge okay. is like two thirty. Okay. So I'm gonna climb to the top, the very top, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna so and all the ropes are tied together, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. tie it to the the piton and then lower the rope. Okay, that's smart. I'll give you inspiration for that. That's yeah. good. All right, so I do that. The rope is lowered. Cool. There's a rope just hanging. Here it comes. You can see it. And the waterfall just seems to kind of be there. Like, there's definitely wind being created from this thing, and the oh, rope is yeah, kind of like. That's a lot of water. Um, what's <clears> the. <throat> what are we going to have to roll to get up there? <laughs> it's going to be athletics. Athletics? Like gym class. An athletics oh, falls under strength. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I'm oh, going dear. to pass. Cast enhance ability on myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like this. Yeah. You play a little myself, song about how um, strong you are. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to give myself bull's strength so I can be strong like bull. Oh. <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> strong like Rope bull. climb you. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully that's the way this will work out. Right. I remember how poorly I did try to climb out of that hole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is it yeah. possible using Kinker's tools to create like a belay system? Like, like in rope climbing, like mm-hmm. where you create a. Yeah, I mean, you can gear. do that yeah. straight a rope. You don't even need. Yeah, totally. You guys have tinkers. Yeah, you have. I know you have a I, tinker's I do, tools for sure. Mm-hmm. You know us. <laughs> I'm going to have to Whatever. create. We only something. have one length of rope going straight. Yeah, up. Each person would have to. Belay yeah. is not going to happen because you need two ends of rope for that. To like a pulley yeah. system. Yeah. Well, I was thinking when you have the like a self-pulling one, well, that yeah. like, it locks. Like if you fall, it locks in place. Okay. You could try to make something like that. Yeah. There are. I mean. Yeah, I mean, no. you could do I see classic. what you're saying. It's yeah. like, it, it's not that it helps you climb, it's no, that it's it'll catch if you yeah, fall. Yeah. It has like so a I have tr- Rachel yeah. knowledge for this, but not Callista knowledge. Describe it to us. Can I roll to tie a pressic knot in a loop of rope? <laughs> uh, you could roll survival for it. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you inspiration for using your tinker stuff since you are mm-hmm. a tinker. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Two little rings together is where you could feed the rope through it and make a little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, device. totally. Yeah. I know that too. Cool. Like how you have an, on belts when you have two loops mm-hmm. and stuff, basically. Yeah. Um, or did you guys want to try and build a catch? Or? I want to build a catch. She's gonna. I think I'll we should try you building okay. it first. Okay. So uh, you guys will do that. I imagine that it is an intelligence roll with proficiency, since you guys have tinker's tools. <laughs> Can I assist them by singing a song of heroic climbers? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I sing a just song like, of heroic climbers. Okay. Yeah, she sings about these people who have scaled the Earthspur Mountains like it's nothing, how dwarves used to just, like, there are tales that they used to just walk straight up them without using any kind of tools, and that you guys can do that, too. I guess I'm going to I'm gonna use my inspiration. <laughs> I'm going to use my inspiration immediately, because I really want this to work, because this is so cool. And I'm just adding a d6. Oh, Lord. Roll the six and an eight. Hold, please hold. Eight, so your eight will have your intelligence modifier so and your proficiency. That's a ten. Okay. You have zero intelligence modifier? Yep. Oh. I'm wise. I'm not smart. <laughs> um, added six. Thank you. Ooh. I don't add anything to my... Thank you, professor, for your added six. knowledge. You're <laughs> yeah, your professor's like looking over you kind of like a project at school. He's like... No, you might that, not want to do that. Yeah. Is that really where you want to put that? <laughs> so what's that in total? Uh, 16. So with the 16, you build this strange contraption. It's like a box that you can feed the rope through, and it's actually really simple. There is a lever inside of it, and it'll allow the the rope to pass it this way, but if it were to catch tension this way, it'll pull that lever up and just stop itself on this rope. You're feeling pretty confident it'll work. 
So better than falling. I would like to create my own uh, crude thingy and (laughs) bear with me because in theory, theory, I think it will work. So I'd like to roll survival to see if I could find some really strong vines in the trees around where I am. Uh, 19 plus 6. 25. 25. So, with the 25, there really aren't vines in this part of the woods. Yeah, you could like maybe use smaller trees. Smaller trees will be strong enough. Some bendy branches. Yeah, you yeah. can use the bendy green branches from baby trees. So what I want to do is make two loops bendy. and try to fasten them as hard <laughs> as I possibly can together. And one of the loops, so bear with me. One of the loops, <laughs> I tie inside the other loop, and the and one of the and the other one is on is wrapped around the rope. So if I fall. It kind of catches the first one, and it's under my butt. Do you that's hear what I'm saying? Basically, a prussic knot. Then yeah. that's what I make. What he described works. Yeah. So would you, I'll let you use the same survival roll. You're able to make that. You guys have some strange contraption. Callista's talking about a prussic knot over there. She's like, I've heard about this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's mentioned in some of the old ballads yeah. of the dwarves. Uh, so you guys are, have spent like a half hour making stuff to climb this rope. <laughs> You're ready. You're probably ready to climb it now. What the fuck is going on? Hold on, we're almost ready. I have to put on the Yeah, Patches, you're up here and you've kind of you've kind of thrown this rope over, and as you're sitting up here, this river is just rushing past you. And as you look behind you, you can kind of see the world stretched out beyond the Earthspur Mountains, because really this is one of the highest points and it kind of goes down from here. And you're just on this ledge, and as you look over, you can see Raven's Bluff. You can see that. Mage's Lighthouse sitting out on the water. You can see uh, the where the sun is kind of halfway up in the sky. It's like noon times now. You can just see it reflected off of the water and back up to you. And when you look the other way, you can see all these different biomes just like stretching out in front of you as like they turn from desert to forest to other mountains. And if you looked over toward Kaggert, you could probably even see little platinum pillars hanging up in the woods over near where that is. You can kind of see the world stretched out before you up here, and you're kind of just up here alone for at least 30 minutes. Do I see anything that looks like a cave? You don't. Um, do we begin to climb? Yeah. yeah. Please, please climb. We begin to climb. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, let's go home. Let's go. Home. <laughs> let's go. Um, I so want to go first so all the people like with their catchy stuff are below me to catch me. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna, I'll go last. Okay. So I'll, I mean, if okay, things so go I'm right, I can do Featherfall. Sweet. Okay. okay. Yeah. I like that. So that these two are using contraptions. <laughs> Callista is relying on the cl- contraptions by being above them. And I've cast Enhance Ability on myself. And Enhance Ability, right. And Arwell, you're just going to go in the rear and be like, relying on myself. If the uh, worst comes to worse. I may have dreamed about it. Awesome. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's just fun. <laughs> There's a lot going on with this rope. <laughs> um, okay. So everybody, everybody roll athletics for me. 16. 16? Yeah. Mod 20. Wow. Hold on, I'm rolling my advantage. Because <laughs> I... Whew, yeah. Please be better. It's the exact same fucking thing. Well, what was it, though? Burn to the dice. Let me see what I get to add to it. I'm rolling like shit. What did you get, you guys? Adelaide? Pen. Straight up pen. We're all happy Adelaide has the catch contraption. <laughs> yeah. So your contraption, it catches. <laughs> you lose your grip. Um, I slip a little. Nine for me. So you fall, and as you fall, you just slam into Guy, who uh, you rolled a 16. Roll another strength check for me. Four. Oh, my God. So you, like, slide into Guy, and, I mean, you guys are pretty high up here at this point. Like, your arms are getting really tired by about 100 mm-hmm. feet. 
uh, and you can just feel them starting to shake, and it's just hard to hold up your weight, even like Am the stronger view light guy. Yeah, you're still at okay. the bottom. Okay. So, Calista, your arms are just getting really tired, and you're just like, oh, and you waver a bit, and you slide down and hit guy, hoping that his rope contraption will hold. You rolled a 26 on your survival? Yeah. Okay, so it holds, mm-hmm. and it catches both of you, and you can hear those little limbs just like, just kind of groan, but they are able to catch you guys. I'm to use my tail to wrap around guy and try to hold us both under the roof a little bit. Yeah, so this, this white tail is like holding around it, and you're holding yourself up, and these this little tree branches are just like keeping you want it, uh, but you need to roll another strength check. And I just go, be strong, Or athletics, little... sorry, an athletics check. Be strong, little roots. All right, in my enhanced ability last oh, hour. Oh, no. So. Isn't that one? Yes. That's bad. No. Let's see what you oh, roll. God. Oh, God, oh, God. And I have advantage still. Nat 20! Oh, 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 let me think, let me think, let me think. No, he falls and you hear those branches snap and you just like, you summon that strength of that bull and you remember your song and you inspire yourself and your tail just like, like, you have your tail wrapped around him and so you're able to like keep him balanced with your tail just like holding him on this rope and you feel yourself fall and your stomach guy just falls away from you and Buffalo's like, like in your backpack. (laughs) He falls out. You see buffaloes, his his little hooves do come out of the pack a little bit, and you see his eyes widen, and a little cow pie is in your backpack now. And, um, <laughs> and, and but Callista, you're able to help him keep his balance just enough to get up on this rope, and with that, I'm going to let you climb freely up to the top. Thank you. You need to roll another athletics check for me, though. She saved you from dying. You would have actually maybe died oh if you didn't roll natural. <laughs> Uh, six. Dude, guy, really? guy is, maybe it's the extra weight of buffalo in your backpack, but you're struggling. Close is like coming up, and guy falls, and what did you roll for your Ten. invention? Okay. Welcome to the so, time. Oh, wait, my, my invention was 16. 16. So it catches as guy like comes and slams down into you, Arwen. You're just kind of seeing all this happen. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> uh, get it together, please. Um, and so your catch holds, and both of you need to make athletics checks lord, for me. Lord, why did you pick the worst check? <laughs> yeah, you and Adelaide. Guy and Adelaide need to make athletics checks. Not 20. Damn! So, Adelaide, you figure out a way to, like, you crank this thing, and you're just able to hold the lever on it to keep that pushed. By the power of my Tinker's Tools, science will hold us up. You're able to do this long enough for him to rest a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, just hold on this rope. And after, like, 30 seconds of you catching your breath, Guy, you rolled a what? 12. A 12 with a net 20. And so you all are finally able to make it after, like, a little bit of this rope swinging, and the waterfall's making the rope wet, and it's blowing it around. So it is kind of hard to climb. Adelaide smells good. It's really high up. Man sweat coming off of you. And, like, it's, like, gains this extra power from this, like, man sweat that she's smelling off of Guy. She's like, oh. She gains power from that? Uh, yeah. Also, you're smelling tiny, wet pygmy buffalo. Love it. The bottom of his backpack's like a little wet with something. You're not sure what it is. Um, I must hold up Guy and Buffalo together. It stinks. So you guys are all able to get up here. Arwell, uh, easier than everyone, with like the least amount of drama. You're able to get up this round. Just yeah. watching yeah. us all fall over ourselves. Yeah, 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 you were fine. And no one ever interrupted your climbing. You're just kind of yeah. watching the whole thing. But everyone comes up and over this. And as you guys are coming up, are you guys going to patches? Yeah. 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 So you guys are going to patches, and as you do, you all see this base relief mm-hmm. of this dragon, and above it, it does say Firewing. And as you all get to the top, you see that same view patches did. Raven's Bluff stretched out before you. You know, it's about an eight hours journey out, but you can still just see the dragon's reach. See, no strange black plume of smoke coming up over Actually, it. Actually, I think 
as soon as I see the relief of yeah. the, I'm gonna stop okay. before I climb all the way up. You're last, so you wouldn't impede anyone. So all four of you are up here, and as all four of you are up here, you just see this view. The dragons reach sea before you. It's clean now. Uh, there's no ugly black contrasting plume rising through the sky. You can see the Earthspur Mountains kind of descending down into Raven's Bluff, and on the other side, it seems like you're at one of the higher peaks mm-hmm. here, actually. And on the other side, you can kind of see the entire rest of the world fold out before you, where one side is like mostly the sea, the other side is land, and you can just see all these biomes, all these like small cities kind of speckling the horizon. I want to try to sketch like sort of a map okay. of it. Yeah, so you're, you're doing like a quick sketch. Arwell, what yeah. would you like to do by yourself? Arwell hasn't made it up yet, but it's not been that long. Um, yeah, just on that little ledge. Yeah, with a so you get on the ledge and you're able to uh, stand on it by yourself. You see this dragon base relief, and no one else is on here, so you're not having to fight for traction or footing. But you see this, I mean, it's you've been face-to-face with an adult dragon now. This dragon's head is about the same size. It's bigger than you are. Cool. And it has two horns curving around its head. Its eyes kind of stare into you. There's no paint on it or anything. It's just carved into the stone on this small ledge. And above the dragon, it just says Firewing in common. Cool. Uh, first, I want to do an investigation check, just okay. kind of around the area. Or in, like, check the relief. Eleven. It's an eleven. You just you don't really notice anything. Okay. You, you see uh, mm-hmm. Firewing written in common above this uh, dragon. Cool. And then I guess I can. I'm gonna just do a history check sure. on Firewing. So okay. That, oops. Ooh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> that is twenty-five. You would know that. Firewing was an adult red dragon. It's said that her fire still burns beneath the river in small caverns and that its magic is still alive, keeping it burning wherever her heart is. Uh, You would know this is only a rumor, but Eustable told you pretty much the same thing, and you've heard this before. It was said by some that her fire was so hot that it could melt barriers in between planes of existence, that it could destroy magic itself, that she was this really powerful red dragon, that she wanted everyone to know her name while she was alive, and that she donned herself with the name Firewing. All right, well, I guess that's it. I'm going to climb back, or climb up the extra 20 feet or so. So you're up here with everyone now, seeing the same beautiful view? Then I relay that information about Firewing. So okay. something about magic? Could we put, like, you said there was a relief of a dragon? Mm-hmm. Do we try, like, can we try, like, doing something with magic or fire or something? Maybe it's a secret passage? Or How far a down from the door? top is it? 20 feet. 20 feet. It's easily climbable. You guys are, have kind of mastered this rope unless you want to go all the way to the bottom. I'd like to go down and try some things. Okay. Would you also like to go down and try some things, guy? No. Okay. <laughs> You're just holding Buffalo and crying. I seriously, I seriously am. Like, I'm seriously saying to him, Now that I see you tiny and vulnerable, like I've never seen you before, I'm never going to let you out of my sight again. He licks you. He licks Aww. you right on the face with his gross, nasty buffalo tongue. I add a verse to the guy on the buffalo song about adorbs tiny buffalo. Oh, adorbs. <laughs> adorbs tiny buffalo. Okay, so I want to climb down, and I want to uh, summon a dagger Okay. out of my... Um, yeah. So it's a magical dagger, and I want to start poking at things with it. (laughs) It's rock. This is like rock. Yeah, it's just kind of ding, ding, ding. Okay, then I want to try and light a torch and hold it up to the dragon. Yeah, I mean, same thing that happened when Patches lit his lantern. There's a little more light on it. It's it's kind of, the flame isn't as bright as it should be because the water is just kind of splashing it a little bit from Even the waterfall. Even if I, like, touch it to the actual rock? It goes up as you touch it to this wet rock. Okay, I scream, do you have a dragon scale? I do! I want to hold my dragon scale up to it and poke it with it. Yeah, you just kind of like this. I mean, these dragon scales are really thick, like almost yeah. like armor, and you're just able to kind of touch the side of this, and it does the same thing your dagger did, pretty much. Oh, um, how do you pronounce her name? Halagl. 
Halarglaha. So far, so good. Halarglaha. You speak Halar- Draconic. Halar- does anybody speak? Draconic? I speak Draconic. I so does Guy. I want to say what the if dragon's you... name. So yeah, Adelaide's sitting there. She's poking it with this dagger. She's lighting a torch. She's hitting <laughs> it with the dragon scale. Secret. And then she looks up and she goes, "What was her name? Halarglaha." And as soon as you do that, Maul just. And you see that maw just like start to open up in front of you as this kind of slides away and back into the stone. And as you do, this dark stairwell descends in front of you and it seems really steep. And as soon as this dragon's mouth opens, it seems like white smoke comes out of it. You recognize it really quickly as just steam. And it just blasts out of here as it opens up and you need to make a a deck saving throw for me really quickly. As Peter Gabriel's steam starts to play. Not 20. Are you serious? That's two in a row. So, you I mean, count your blessings, dude, because that's a long fall. Um, So this steam comes out, and as it does, you're just able to hold, like, maybe even grab the teeth as this mouth is separating, because it really just, like, you're, I mean, your robes are blowing behind you, like, as this pressure just kind of, like, comes out. The the rocks between these teeth crumble away and fall down this cliff. All of you standing up on the top kind of shake a little bit as you guys just hear something, though you can't really see it. You just kind of, like, see Adelaide, like, (laughs) <laughs> I hear like, the dulcimer go, Oing! Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide's going, I'm so strong! <laughs> I'm doing great! Uh, but as this opens up, you're looking into this abyss, Adelaide, and it just seems really steeply to go down in this mountain. Though the steam is no longer blasting out of this dragon's open maw before you, it still slowly pours out, and you all can see the steam kind of rise up from where Adelaide is sitting. Adelaide, you're just like looking down here, and you don't see anything. You don't really smell anything except this steam. It just smells like clean water coming up from this place. And as you do, and you're standing before this dragon's mall, we are going to end episode 11. Hey, kids. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you had as much fun as we did. This episode is brought to you by the letter R. There are a lot of really good words that start with R, like reviews. If you're enjoying Hit Dice Pod, go leave us a review in the iTunes store. Tell us about how much you learned and how much fun you had. Hit Dice is still a pretty small show, and we'd like to be a lot bigger. We can do that with your help. If you remember the letter R and the first word we learned today, which is review. There are a lot of other really great words that start with R, like... Well, like really, as in, we have really great sponsors, and you should go check them out. Our sponsors take really good care of us, and they're going to take really good care of you as well. If you go over to Tabletop Loot, they have some of the coolest dice you've ever seen or played with. They're weighted well, which is very important, and they can roll with the best of them, which is another great R-letter word. They even have a set of dice that has rainbows in it. If you go over to their store and get yourself a couple of dice sets, we're going to give you 15% off just because we like you so much and you learn so much here and you're so smart. Just enter the code HITDICEPOD. Our other sponsor is Grayed Out Dice Bags. You can get custom-ordered dice bags, pre-made ones, or reversible color ones. Remember all of the colors we learned in today's episode? Like Blood Red, and Magical Blue, and Ray of Sickness Green. Make sure to join us next week to see what our very best friends are up to and to see if they can find a dragon's heart or if they're just going to get murdered viciously. Thanks again for joining, kids. And if you want to keep the conversation going, remember, another good R word, remember, we're on Facebook, Twitter, 
and Instagram. Our tags on all of them are Hit Dice Pod. Thanks, kids. <laughs>